Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. This is Pastor Jeremy. Today we'll open the book of the Revelation. Our approach will be much different than our normal Sunday sermon. We're going to do an overview of the entire 22 chapters instead of just a small passage from it. It is fitting that we would handle the Revelation differently because the Revelation is a very different type of writing than the other writings God has given us in the Scriptures, and we should read and preach it differently. I must really be in the spirit of fall, because last week we talked about carved pumpkins, and this week I want to talk about corn mazes for a moment. Have you ever gone through one? I'm not really a fan. You you get into it, and it's all dusty and confusing and a little bit of anxiety-inducing, and you can't figure out where you are or where you're going, and everything looks the same, and People are running around and hollering and such. I, I always just want to cut through the corn, uh, but then you're going to get all cut up by the leaves and all that dusty stuff on you. And in the middle of it, looking at each dried up corn stalk doesn't do you any good, honestly. You'll just get lost. However, if you could get up in the air above it, like in a helicopter or look down on it with a drone, many of them are actually cut into some kind of really cool design. In the middle of it, you're just trying to wake your way around the individual stalks, and it's hard. But looking down on it as a whole, you see the design and the quality of it. I want to provide you with a fresh look at the Revelation and steer us away from speculating about every character, event, number, and instead focus on the bigger picture and the and intended purpose of the writing, which is to motivate and encourage followers of Jesus to live faithfully, full of hope and to resist evil. The point of the book of the Revelation is that while suffering and evil seem overwhelming, Jesus wins. He judges and punishes evil and rewards those loyal to him in the end. We should be filled with hope, remain loyal to Jesus, and resist the evil ways of the world. When we look around and we see the war in the Ukraine and in Israel and violence and crime and oppression and racism and hate, the Revelation reveals to us that God will judge and destroy evil. We see natural disasters, terrible accidents, mental illness, uh, disease, and cancer. The Revelation reveals to us that God will end those afflictions that harm us and has prepared a glorious future for us. The vision of John can be broken into three distinct sections. First is the throne room of God. Second are the judgments. And then the final is the reward. Jesus gives John a vision of a heavenly scene in the throne room of God. The, blessed, the best place for us to start understanding the revelation is in chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Jesus shows John a scene of God's throne room, but a problem arises. Remember, see the big picture and don't get caught up in the details. Starting in verse 1. Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll written on the inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Now, this scroll contains the judgments of God on evil that vindicate his people, bring about the end of evil, and pave the way for God's kingdom to be fully realized in perfection. The problem is that no one's able to bring about these events. No one is able to judge and make everything that is wrong with the world right. So John weeps.
But then, one steps forward who is able. And as we read this, I want you to make particular note of why it is that the hero of the story is able to open the scroll and bring about the defeat of evil, oppression, and hate, and pride. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb, standing as it had been slaughtered with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and he took the scroll from the right hand of the one who is seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll and the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, they, they sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals, for you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God saints from every tribe, language, people, and nation. You have made them a kingdom and priest serving our God, and they will reign on earth. The Lamb, Jesus, steps forward and opens the seals on the scroll. He's not able to make everything that is wrong with the world right because of his power or military might or riches or manipulation. Those are the ways of the evil that he's trying to put it into. Instead, he's able to right every wrong because of his love and grace and mercy because he died for you and rose again from the dead. This is one of the major themes. He wants us to see the difference between his kingdom and the kingdom of the world, or Babylon, as it is in John's vision. Now, this kicks off a series of seven judgments, or three series of seven judgments, so that's 21 total judgments that pour out on the earth. These judgments make up most of the book of the Revelation, because the point of the whole thing is that evil will be dealt with and God will make all things perfect in the end. These judgments are both things that have already begun today and some that will occur in the future. And it leads us to an important topic, utilizing the revelation to determine our proximity to the return of Jesus is fruitless and harmful. It's harmful because it distracts us from the true purpose of the book, which is to motivate and encourage us to live filled with hope resisting evil, and faithful to Jesus. The antagonist of the vision such as Babylon, the dragon, the wild beast, they represent all the evil in the world. One danger is getting caught up speculating on who the dragon, the Antichrist, and Babylon are in our present day. Some common answers are Russia and the Democrats or Trump, depending on your leaning. For, for many throughout history, it's been the Pope or Hitler, the Catholic Church, the United Nations, or maybe even the Chinese. If you're a glutton for punishment, though, Google who is the Antichrist, and you're going to see there's a lot of material and lengthy, serious writings from pastors and theologians pointing to everybody from Taylor Swift to Bill Gates to the purple dinosaur Barney from the kids' show. We should avoid guessing because it's unfruitful, and it's not the point of the writing. There have been wars and evil leaders and natural disasters since man was created. We need to read our history, especially in the Middle East, right? These are not new. We just have a greater ability to broadcast and see them, and that's not what Jesus intended with this vision. Babylon and the dragon and the Antichrist represent categories that include specific people and institutions and nations, but also represent all people and organizations who adopt the ways of evil. 
Now, Babylon is originally the kingdom that conquered Israel and took the Israelites in captivity in the Old Testament. So the Jewish people generally use them as the archetype of evil, oppression, violent kingdoms. John is clearly connecting Babylon to the Roman Empire, the Antichrist to the Roman Emperor at the time, Nero. However, this is not the end of the story. It also represents all forms of institutional oppression, violence, and arrogance. The dragon is Satan, but it also represents all leaders who oppose the way of Jesus and live and push the way of Babylon. When authorities abuse their power and pride and arrogance and use people for their own gain, they're being the dragon and Babylon and the wild beast and deserve the punishments listed. On the other hand, you have a list of characters that represent the kingdom of God. Of course, God, the Lamb, the elders, the woman, the seven spirits, the witnesses, and the angels. The characteristics they exhibit are loyalty to God and his Son, worship of God, and care for all people. Here's one of the big emphases of the vision. Jesus wants us to be able to recognize the characteristics of his kingdom and to live faithfully to him. He also wants us to be able to recognize the characteristics of the kingdom of the world and to oppose them. Babylon and the wild beast are characterized by pride, using their power for violence, oppression, greed, and an opposition to Jesus' work. When we read the Revelation like a giant crossword puzzle that you need a decoder ring to figure out, we deny certain characteristics of God that we all know to be true. It causes us to be people who live looking for the signs instead of people who live certain in a hope. God loves us, and he wants us to be able to lead. To, he wants to lead us in paths of righteousness. He wants us to know the truth and believe the truth. So why would he give us a book that offers no certain clarity if what he intends for us to gain from it is a certain hope? It's a picture of the spiritual realities of our world and where it's headed that inform us how to live faithfully in the midst of great evil. The fantastical images and pictures are supposed to support and help us understand the point, but many of us get stuck in the corn maze and are never able to get up out of it to see the design with clarity. So the Lamb breaks the seven seals on the scroll and opens it. With the breaking of each seal comes terrible, fantastic events representing God's judgment and consequences of the evil of Babylon, the dragon, their followers, and their ways. Following the breaking of all the seals, an angel blows seven trumpets. With each blow of a trumpet, more judgments are unleashed. After the trumpets come seven bowls that are poured out on the earth, once again representing seven judgments of evil. There's all sorts of natural disasters, war, and violence unleashed on the earth. Some are judgments that God sends on them. Others are natural consequences of evil and the actions of evil powers, men, and institutions. Three and seven are numbers that communicate perfection. So the idea is that these judgments and consequences of evil are, are the perfect judgment on evil. They are the correct judgment. Throughout it all, there are seeds of God's people remaining loyal to Jesus and worshiping him despite their suffering. There are spiritual battles between the angels and Satan and his demons. Some represent future events, while others past events, such as the birth of Jesus and family and his family's escape to Egypt. As we approach the end, chapters 18 through 20 tell of the fall of Babylon, the defeat of evil, and the final judgment of all who are loyal to the dragon in his ways. 
throughout these chapters, there are seeds of rejoicing in heaven because evil is finally dealt with and destroyed. Finally, Jesus concludes John's vision and the book of the Revelation in chapters 21 through 22. He describes the world after Jesus has judged and punished evil and sin and death. He promises his people that they will live forever with him and that it will be glorious. We will be with God as we were always meant to be and he will meet our needs. Listen to the series of descriptions for the final two chapters of the Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city and the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a voice out of the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away, and the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Those who conquer will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God and the Almighty Lamb. The city has no need of a sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. So today, have hope that Jesus wins in the end. When you see evil and suffering and you experience pain and struggles in life, know that Jesus will make it all right. Do not fall to despair and anxiety of the events of the world. Do not give in to the ways of the world and become part of the Babylon following the dragon to use power and pride to create your own hope. Every day, follow Jesus, worship him, declare the hope he offers us through his death and resurrection, through the promises of the revelation. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. And as always, go and visit our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. You can find out a lot of information about our church there. Come visit us anytime at 10.50 a.m. on Sunday mornings. We're right on Main Street next to the courthouse. Once again, that website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.